grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's nice to be back with you on a little more permanent basis. Um, as, as Pastor Aaron said, I'm Pastor William Saunders, uh, retired after 30 years of ministry in the ELCA and a few years of uh, heavy duty in the Ohio public school systems before that. Uh, and, and I will be your interim, hopefully, and I mean this with all love, I hopefully I'm not going to see you very much. I hope you're about finished with this call process and you can get a, get a, a, a full-time uh, a pastor here uh, at, at St. Mark. But it's nice to, to be with you. Uh, Capital University graduate, uh, seminary, primarily at Cap. I did some work other places as well. Um, and, and even took um, a course at the, at the Cap Law School. Um, but, but I'm not a lawyer by any stretch. So, uh, But that, I, I bleed purple, so that's the... That's the thing. Um, it's nice to be with you during this season because it's the epiphany season. Uh, it, it, it's, it's that exciting time of year when in the Lutheran t- tradition, the word evangelism is not a, a dirty word. You know, for most of us, that's not something that we're very excited about, to go out and proclaim the gospel of Christ you know, door to door, neighbor to neighbor, person to person. How do we do that? And yet that's the theme of this season of the church year. It's all about the appearance, the manifestation, the revelation of Jesus Christ as God's saving grace to the world. And it is our call. If you look at the, if you look at the, the, the refrain to the, the psalm for this day, I love to do your will, oh my God, oh my God. Now, it's not quite the inflection that Jennifer Aniston used to use with the phrase, but it's, it's an important phrase. But more important is the one, I love to do your will. That's a frightening phrase, isn't it? We think about that, and we think about what's going on here. But wait a minute, the story's about John the Baptist, and we all know that John was a little, a little shaky anyway. I mean, you know, the guy's wearing camel hair and, and eats locusts and wild honey and, and you know, probably was a little scraggly. He's probably not somebody you would run to sit next to if he visited worship, you see. And maybe that's the point, because we should. We should want to get to know John. But it's about what John did. John recognized his call from God to be the forerunner for this Christ. It's interesting because in verse 31, if you take a look at your, your, your gospel lesson with me, please. In verse 31, John said, I myself did not know him. But we discussed that in, in, in staff devotions this last week and, and decided that ah, doesn't make sense. I mean, after all, Mary and Elizabeth were somehow related. Cousins is that broad term that we use in Scripture. That means Jesus and John were, were, were related. John was six months older. It doesn't seem possible that they never knew each other. And so I'm wondering if this, if this really has more to do with I didn't really know him. I didn't really understand that, you know, my little buddy Jesus over there was the Messiah until God spoke to me. And he told me the identifying mark, and that would be the the Holy Spirit would descend upon him. Do we really know Jesus? Because this is what this passage is about. It, It gives us three points, okay? Number one, 
do we know who we are? Number two, do we know who Jesus is? And, and, and number three, how will we tell what we know? Now, normally you'd think we'd start with who's Jesus. But, but in this case, I think it's important to, to look for a moment at John because of the way uh, the, the text is, is presented to us and because John the Baptist is such an important character in the, in the history of, of the Messiah. And John had to know who he was. It wasn't just some coop that walked around in funny clothes. He was one who understood that he was called by God to this specific task to make straight the highway for the new king. He understood that once Jesus was identified to him, once the Messiah was pointed out to him, it was his role to take the message of God's coming grace and Savior to the world. And also understand that Christ ranks ahead of him. Verse 30, this is is he of whom I speak after me. I'm here first, he's coming. And then also probably, I'm a little older, this kid is. Comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. If you have your Bibles, you may take some, not during the sermon, because that's, make me feel bad, but sometime (laughs) take a look at John 1, 1 and 1, 2 and then you will understand verse 30. It all comes together and makes so much sense that John the Baptist knew he was because he understood who Jesus was. And he proclaims that in this text. He is the Son of God. He is the Lamb of God. This is the only place in in, in the book of John, and I think in Revelation, these are the only places that that term, Lamb of God, is ever used in, in all of Scripture. But he is that Lamb of God. He is that sacrificial Lamb who was given to God's people at the Passover, that his blood would protect them from death. Who are we? Who is he? And the question comes, do I really believe that? Do I embody that? Do I understand what it means that somebody dies for me? And that we share in that through the water of baptism that links us inseparably. We don't often think about what that means to be, to be linked by the waters of baptism, but you see, it's something that can't be separate. We take this little baptismal font, we take this water, and then we bring some more water in here, we pour it in. You can't separate it. You can't take it apart. It's there forever, and that is our link to Christ, you see. To understand who we are by understanding who he is. And by understanding that he has paid the price that takes away our sin and gives us new life. Not just fix up the old life. We're not just a little better than we were yesterday. We're completely new people because of the waters of baptism. Made over. Regenerated. Well, then the problem comes, what do we do with it? 
Okay, that's good. I'm regenerated. I'm this new Christian. I hate to say it, but so what? So what? I will do your will, O oh God. I want to do your will. Well, what is your will? I mean, you showed John the Baptist. You, you had the, the, the Holy Father speak to him and tell him, you're going you're gonna to know this guy, then you see the Spirit descend. And I, I can imagine that, he, what do you mean the Holy Spirit's going to descend? And then all of a sudden he had one of those aha moments when at the time that he's baptizing Jesus, the Spirit descends, and ah, that's it. For you and me, the task is simple. We're to do the same thing that John did, to tell people of the love of the Messiah that he came to save the world and give us hope in a world where he joins us, you see. John walked among the people. Jesus walked among the people. Nobody changed anything, but Jesus came to them in the midst where they were, you see. And that's the message. Andrew was so excited about it, he ran off and he grabbed his brother, Simon. He said, you have to see this guy. We were following him along, and he turned and he said, hey, what's up? What are you guys doing? What are you doing today? Well, we, uh, 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 we, uh, where are you staying, by the way, Jesus? What? You're only going to visit if I'm at the Hilton? You're not going to come to most hell sex? Come on. And they went with him, and they learned. And that's what we do. We learn. And oh, how Simon Peter learned after Andrew introduced him, you see. And we think of others in, in, in the story of, of Scripture and how this unfolds. We, we go through, we go through the, the, the book of Acts. It's wonderful with this. I love the book of Acts because, you know, you have the story of, of Philip and the Ethiopian uh, eunuch. And the eunuch sitting there and he's reading Isaiah. Well, I don't know if, you know, what you do at night, but if you can't sleep, I promise you, you start reading the book of Isaiah and you'll be out in about a page. If you get beyond the first page of Isaiah, you tell me what's back there because it's tough. And so Philip taught the eunuch. And because of that, he was able to baptize the eunuch, to put that water together that linked this shunned Gentile, linked him to the Messiah. We go on just a little further, and then we have this Paul, this, this Saul, the, the Pharisee who was killing all of these Christians, who was persecuting them, who actually held uh, the cloaks of those who stoned Stephen. We remember that from the book of Acts. And we see, we see that God blinded him. He knocked him down. He humbled him. He took him, he took him to the very bottom of his life. And as he's, as, he's, as he's sitting there, not knowing what's going to happen, he can't see, he can't function, God goes to old Aeneas, and he says, Hey, Aeneas, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go visit this guy, this Saul. And Aeneas was a little, a little perplexed by this. Lord, I'm glad to do what you asked me to do, but you understand this guy kills people. Do you grasp that? Yeah, I, I got that. But I tell you, I want you to go there, and, and I, not only do I want you, I want you to heal him. Wow. Aeneas goes, and not only does he heal him, but as he teaches Paul, 
even more about the God who knocked him down and humbled him and blinded him. He places his hands upon him. And Paul's sight returned. We see Andrew to Peter. We see Philip to the Ethiopian. We see Aeneas to Paul. How many times in our own life do we have the ability to share the love of God? We're afraid to evangelize as Lutherans. I, I had mission training as, a, as an intern. Helped develop uh, Fellowship Lutheran Church, actually, over on, on Sawmill Road. Knocked on, I don't know, literally two or 3,000 doors. Was chased by dogs. Had the door slammed in my face a couple of times. The Lord prevailed. The church has been there for 30 years. But that's why we don't really do this. Isn't that true? We're a little afraid of what's going to happen. Afraid, like perhaps Andrew was afraid his brother would reject him. Afraid a little bit, uh, like Philip was, going up to this Ethiopian eunuch who he didn't know or trust. Terrified as Aeneas was as he went to see Paul, and yet they all have one thing in common. They have the power of God with them that you and I share through that water that can't be separated because our water and Jesus' water comes together and we are made whole and complete. And we cannot fear death because there is no death for us, my friends. And so how do we do this? Do we just go up to someone, hey, you know about Jesus? Have you ever, ever told you about we're not going to do that. And if we had time, we'd, we'd talk about what it means to know your audience here, first rule of public speaking. But the point being is we meet people where they are in the condition where they exist, and we're patient, and we're tolerant, and we're loving. And yes, at times we put our hands on people we don't want to touch. It's not a matter of preaching to somebody. It's a matter of being with them as Christ is with us. Got a story to tell. Got a, a story. There was a group of, group of guys, and I, I, I hate to admit this, but, but uh, in this group there were a couple of pastors. And they, these guys were getting together, and they were going to just have a, a men's fellowship evening, play some cards and enjoy themselves. And all old friends for many years. Had people from all walks of life. They had a couple of pastors there, had some city administrators, had salespeople, had teachers, you name it. And one of the guys comes in for this stag night and kind of catches everybody off guard because he puts a porno tape in the TV. Wow. And nobody really knew what to do, including the two of us who were preachers. <laughs> because we were so uncomfortable, and yet we knew, we knew that this couldn't be and this can't happen. And before we could do anything, because we were so mesmerized by fear... One of the other fellows there simply got up and took it out and said, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. And you know the, the really good thing that came from that? Nobody was upset. Nobody was angry. A discussion of faith ensued. Nobody preached to anybody. But what was so beautiful is the one 
who struggled with faith started to ask questions. There's a key word in this gospel lesson today. It's called testify. That's scary. Oh, that's Elmer Gantry stuff. But the point being, a child of God testified at that moment. We don't know if this person ever is saved. We don't know that. But we do know that we are called to live our lives by entering in conditions and in patience and love and peace, one way or another, sharing the direction, the love, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Peter was sent, as Andrew was sent, as the eunuch was sent, as Philip was sent, so you and I are sent. There are opportunities each and every day to witness to the love of Jesus Christ by entering into the lives of those around us. And just as that water can never be separated, the strength of Christ who is with us can never be separated. Go forth boldly and share the love of your God. Amen.